I know that I couldn't live without my calendar. That's what I know. Couldn't live without it? No. Why, okay, why, why, how, why? Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Hello there. Um, Welcome to episode 55. Is it 55? Yeah, I think it is 55. The last proper episode we had was 54, wasn't it, with Laura Gassner-Otting back in February? Well, where have we been? Well, if you listen to our pause episode at the start of May, um, I explained back then that I I had a lot on. um, Too much, and I needed to pause. That's why it was called pause. Well, how dare you pause the podcast, Steve? Well, as I said, I didn't take it lightly, and not producing an episode for a few months is not something that I was particularly pleased about, but sometimes you've got to say no to stuff, haven't you? As I mentioned in pause, this podcast doesn't generate an income for me. It's something I do for fun, and the fact that it helps you is a bonus, but something had to give. Anyway, never mind that. We are back. And we've got a great episode for you. So I'm going to start it with a question. What could be different in your life if you could spend one whole extra week in a year dedicated to the most important work that you do? Well, it might surprise you, but if you spent an extra 10 minutes in each working day on important stuff, that's the equivalent of a full working week in a year just doing important stuff. Spend an extra 20 minutes a day on your important work, and that becomes two full weeks a year, and so on. And this is not just about work stuff. If you spent 30 minutes a day in your personal life for five days a week doing something more important or something more useful than maybe watching TV or scrolling through social media, that's the equivalent of almost 11 12-hour days a year just doing important stuff, fun stuff family stuff, even life-changing stuff. So that's the maths, or math, for our American friends. But how do we actually get this time back? How do we wrestle it away from scrolling media or useless meetings or unhelpful chit-chat or whatever is filling our time up at the moment? Well, one way is by careful use of a calendar to plan to spend less time on irrelevant stuff, on the time-wasting activities that don't help, and more time on the things that do help. So in this episode, we're going to find out the difference between good use of a calendar and rubbish use. We'll look at different ways of eliminating the things that don't help you, and we'll discover why, in 1752, the UK lost 11 days that they never got back. Now, I'm pretty sure that if you're a listener of this podcast, you probably already have some way of using your calendar to get the best use of your time. But are we using our calendars really effectively? Well, in this episode, we ask that question and then we find out how we can use them even better. And it's not just about getting those great big tasks, those big projects done. Using a calendar well can bring loads of other benefits, improved work-life balance, reduced stress levels, health, fitness, diet, it can even make you better looking. Well, maybe not that one. There's three sections in this episode. The first one will look at what shouldn't be on your calendar. 
then we'll look at what should be on there. And finally, we'll look at some great habits to get you into supporting your time ninjiness. Is that a word? I don't think that's a word, is it? The research that I've done for this episode comes from a number of different places. It comes from Forbes.com, GTD, 18 Minutes by Peter Bregman, or even Peter Bregman. He's, he's very similar to Peter Bregman. I can't even misspeak it incorrectly. I'm out of practice. Give me a chance. 18 Minutes by Peter Bregman and a few more. And of course, if you want to read more, we'll be in the show notes. But before we get into how we can use our calendar... I spent a bit of time finding out where the calendar itself, that thing that we use, where it came from. And it's quite an interesting story. So the calendar that's most widely used in the world is the Gregorian calendar and it was named after Pope Gregory XIII, and it's been around since 1582. But it's not the only calendar in use. Afghanistan, for example, uses the Solar Hijri calendar, and according to the Afghan holding group, today, the date as I'm recording this, is Saturday the 8th of June 2019, and that translates onto the Afghan calendar to... I really hope I say this correctly. I'm sure I might not be. Shanbe, 18, Jowza, 1398. The Julian calendar, that for example is still referred to by the Orthodox Church in Russia, that would have the today's date, the 8th of June, as being the 26th of May because it's 13 days behind the Gregorian calendar. And some countries like Japan and Thailand use a modified version of the Gregorian calendar. But whatever version of calendar you go by, whether it's the Gregorian, the Persian or the Hijri, in this episode, by calendar, what we mean is any kind of daily planning or weekly planning tool. It can be Outlook, it can be Google, it can be a diary, it can even be a pen and a bit of paper. So let's get into our first section. What should not be on your calendar? So if you have got a calendar to hand, grab it and let's start taking stuff off your calendar. Now, according to Forbes.com, here are six things that should definitely not be on your calendar. So, the first thing that should not be on your calendar is meetings. <laughs> yeah, well, if you struggle with meetings, I know where there's a podcast you can listen to. I think it's episode 49. The second thing that Forbes.com say shouldn't be on your calendar is back-to-back -back appointments. I mean, face it, if you've got appointments, they're going to overrun. You're going to be late for the next one. We all need the bathroom at some point. And running from one meeting to the next is not great for our stress levels. I've gone quiet there because I can hear a beeping in the background, which I think is the oven because I think the chicken's done. Um, bear with me a second. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. It was a chicken. Anyway, so the thing that you should not have on your calendar is back-to-back -back appointments. Does that include recording a podcast while you're making a chicken? Um, the third thing that should not be on your calendar 
checklists. Now, you know I love a checklist. I did a whole episode on checklists in 2017. It was episode 26. But the calendar is not a place for our checklists. We should keep them somewhere else. Simple. Okay, Forbes.com is saying the fourth thing that we should, we should not have on our calendar is notes. Now, the great thing about something like Outlook is that you can add notes and articles to your calendar appointment. And that's okay if you're just adding the names of the people who are coming along, maybe even an agenda for a meeting. But if you're going to make copious notes, then stick them somewhere else. Don't put them on your calendar. Number five, reminders for minuscule tasks. Uh, Things like checking email or booking travel or expenses. Well, if they're on your calendar, then we should take them off and put them into a task management system. We want to keep our calendar a lean, clean machine. Lean, okay, I can't give it a catchy name. Just trust me, keep it clean. Number six, other people's priorities. Now, I'm not saying don't help people. And I'm not saying don't put it on your calendar. But I think what we're saying here is, when we get asked for help, agree to go and have a look, compare it to your priorities. And then only if helping the person is more important than your commitments, then by all means, go and find some time on the calendar and block it off. But just delaying that taking the bat on from the other person buys you the time to manage your time. So that's six things that should not be on your calendar. It's according to Forbes.com and the link is in the show notes. Now, I did mention on social media that we might be joined by Steve in the field for this episode. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. He's unreliable. Um, He was supposed to submit some stories and surprise, surprise, uh, we've had nothing. Let me give him a call. Get the phone. This is me. I'm pressing the buttons on the phone. I I really am pressing the buttons on the phone. I'm not miming it. Okay. See if he answers. Hi, it's Steve here. I'm sorry I can't take your call. I'm on holiday until Monday the 13th of May. Please leave me a message and I'll call you when I'm back. Hang on a minute. 13th of May was weeks ago. Great. Yes. Hello, Steve. So in your big comeback episode, you know the one that we're going to talk about effective use of a calendar... You haven't even got your answer phone message up to date. Why don't you put some sort of reminder to remind yourself to change your answer phone message, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, call me back. Honestly, why do I bother? Okay, let's forget people that don't use a calendar. What about for people that do? When did the calendar that we use today come into play and why? Well, according to history.com, the Gregorian calendar took over in Europe from the Julian calendar in 1582. The problem with the Julian calendar, which had been going since 46 BC, was that it miscalculated the solar year by about 11 minutes. And what that meant was that the calendar was falling out of sync of the seasons. The reason they wanted to change it was because Easter kept moving away from the spring equinox each year. If we were using the Julian calendar today we'd be about 13 days behind. Maybe that's what Steve in the field's using. Hang on a minute, why am I even giving him the benefit of the doubt? He's an idiot. (music) 
Okay, so let's get back to how we can use this calendar to help us. So we've looked at what should not be on the calendar. So let's see what should be. Now this list is a combination of research I've done plus stuff that I found really helps me. So here are the nine things that should be on your calendar. Number one, tomorrow's frog. So Mark Twain is credited with once saying that if the first thing you do each morning is to eat a live frog, then you can go through the day with the satisfaction of knowing that it's probably the worst thing that's going to happen to you all day. Now, I don't imagine he was recommending literally eating a frog. I don't know. But obviously the aim is do the thing that you don't want to do first. Get it out of the way. You know those tasks that you tend to put off? The stuff that you procrastinate over, the things that you keep meaning to do. Well, if we plan it the night before to do it first thing the next day, I promise you it makes a huge difference to workload. It really feels like you're getting in control and it really feels like you're getting stuff done. So from the nine things that should be on your calendar, number one, planning what tomorrow's frog is that you're going to eat. Number two, meetings with yourself. I call these things my force multipliers. Planning in time to review, to plan, to prepare, to reflect can actually help you get more done, more efficiently, more effectively, and importantly, with less stress than just spending your time doing all the jobs, doing all the doing. So that's number two. Plan in meetings with yourself for planning, preparation and reflection. Number three in our list of things that should be on your calendar. Free time, personal time or family time. When we're busy, these are the things that tend to slip, aren't they? A good example of this is holidays. So I try to book... Oh, I'm going to be quiet because there's aeroplanes. There's a teenage boy having a wee. Okay, good. The aeroplanes and teenage boy having a wee have gone. Where were we? Yeah, holidays. Um, so I find that if I book a year, my whole year's worth of holidays in one go... You can always change them, but there is just something more concrete about once they're on the calendar. So, that's number three. Plan in free time, personal time, family time. Number four is similar, but a little bit different. Breaks. It's important to recharge. And as I've said many times before, if you don't believe me, ask your mobile phone. If we plan in with intention a 20-minute break in the middle of the day to eat good food and recharge we're much more likely to be able to tackle the challenging stuff that's going to come up in the afternoon. So that's number four, breaks. Number five is categories. I have a template in my working week and each day I have certain kinds of activities I do at certain times of the day based on my energy levels. So I start off early in the morning with half an hour just planning, making sure that I, I know what I've got on and so on. Then the first two hours of my working day, that's eating my frog. Then I have a half hour for quick jobs. I have a little half hour to eat well in the middle of the day and so on. So these things, they're not, they're not tasks. They're not jobs themselves. They're categories of work. And by doing that, I just 
find that when I do that really well, and it doesn't always work, but when I do it really well, those are my super productive days. They're the days when I really smash through things. So number five, categories. Number six, planning where you are. Now, if like me, you have like a multi-site role or you're out in the field or in lots of different places each day, planning ahead on the locations about where you aim to be with intention is really key. I try to plan as much as possible five or six weeks ahead, if not further. So that's number six, planning in where you are. Number seven, which is linked to number six, but I think it involves a category of its own, travel time. Whether you've got to just get from one room to another in a building, uh, whether you've got to go to a different building or to someone else in the country, travel takes time. And if we don't plan it in, if we don't think about is there travel time involved here, that travel time then eats away at something. It can only either eat away at the event that you're doing, the meeting you've got or the activity you're doing, you lose some of that time, or it eats away at your gaps, which means that you don't actually get any time to yourself. So number seven, travel time. Number eight in our list of nine things that should be on our calendar are date and time-specific appointments. If you're going to put anything on your calendar in advance, the only thing that should go into your calendar are things that have to happen on a certain date or have to happen on a certain time. If that thing that you've got in front of you, that activity, that task, doesn't have to happen on a certain day, doesn't have to happen on a certain time, then that needs to go into your task management system, not onto your calendar. And the final one in our list of nine things that should be on your calendar is developing yourself. So this is sharpening the saw. So getting better, I mean, I'm presuming you're listening to this podcast because you want to get better at stuff. But rather than just doing it if you've got spare time, Imagine, for example, planning in half an hour in the evening, three times a week to work on how to get better at writing or how to do photography or anything that could help make you even better. How powerful could that be? How much influence could that have on you and your life? And there's loads of great places you can get stuff like this. You can go onto Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. There's uh, another place called The Great Courses Plus. Some of those require a bit of a financial investment. If you don't want to spend any money, of course, there's loads of podcasts. It's not just our podcast. There's loads of other ones as well to develop yourself, whatever industry you're in. If getting better is important to you, then planning that time in is also important as well. So stick it on your calendar. So there you go. Nine things I reckon could be or even should be on your calendar. Hopefully at least there's one or two there which can help you. And why nine and not ten? Well, who says you need ten of anything? Hang on a minute. What's this? Answer phone message. Oh no. Guess who it is. You have one unheard message. First unheard message. Hi, it's Steve in the field here. I'm sorry I missed you. Um, I know we were supposed to catch up today on me submitting something for the episode, but I've just got too much on. Um, I haven't really got time to talk. Maybe, uh, can we do it tomorrow? I hope that's not too late for the episode going out. I know you did say what date you needed it by, but I didn't make a note of it. Sorry. Yep. As always, unreliable. Something else we haven't done for quite a long time is 
Me and Lisa have not had a chat over the kitchen table. Let's do that. Do you like what I've done with the curtains? Not really. It's... It's recording now. Okay. Now you have to look over here. <laughs> I am. There we go. Hi. Hi. Here we are at the kitchen table. Well... You just said it's not a kitchen table. Because it's not... It used to be. It's not now because it's not in our kitchen. Therefore, it's not a kitchen table. Yeah, but our our both of our listeners don't need to know that. Yeah, I know, but it, The audience has increased. We've got at least two now. I'm a conformist, so I can't lie. It's the same table, though. It is a kitchen table. It's no. just in a dining room. Therefore, oh. it's a dining room table. So anyway, this week's subject is not tables... This week's subject is calendars. So what do you know about calendars that are that both of our listeners might be interested in? Um, they tend to be um, for seven days. Oh, very good. <laughs> are you referring to the Gregorian calendar or the Julian calendar? <laughs> oh, dear. I know that I couldn't live without my calendar. That's what I know. Couldn't live without it? No. Why? Okay. Why? Why? How? Why? Um, because I use it such an awful lot to help me to manage my world. What do you think you've learned? What's the one thing you've learned that's really cool to do with calendars that helps you or might help both of our listeners? Um, so something I religiously do is block some time out at the end of my week every week to make sure that at the end of the week I've got dedicated time to kind of get everything reviewed and cleaned up for the kind of okay. week gone and plan for the week going forward. How long do you block off for that? Um, two hours. And how often does that actually happen? Does it vary or...? Um, I wouldn't say that I, every week I do the full two hours, okay. but every week I do some time. Cool. And I think why it's so important for me to block that time off is that in my office, the world and his wife have access to my calendar. Yes. If I don't block that time off, I get right. meetings appear. Okay. Who who more often puts the meetings in, the world or his wife? It feels like all of them. <laughs> okay, all so, of the wives. So people can put stuff into your calendar. That's yeah. got to be a bit dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. Because you could... And that's why it's important for me to put um, time in. Okay. It, because my world is filled with meetings and my time is... Um, often kidnapped by other people, stolen yeah. for other people, then um, if you're not going to take this seriously, Mr O'Neill, then we're going to have to stop now. Um, Sorry, I, whose podcast is it? <laughs> I need to, shush. I need to um, block that time off to make sure that I can manage my own time and that my time yeah. isn't stolen. Okay, that's cool. And, and that certainly is something we've covered in, in terms of the importance of having a weekly review. You know I have a weekly review. And you also know that when I don't do my weekly review, everything falls apart. Yes. Um, and things become quite tricky. So uh, I've got something else I do if you want me to share okay. it. Okay. So I only use my calendar and I happen to use Outlook. I only use my calendar for appointments. So I wouldn't ever put into my calendar to do something at a certain time as a reminder. I'd use Have you been reading my show notes? to do that. No, I haven't actually. Okay. I kind of, I use tasks to do that and yeah. set reminders. How does it affect you? If you put tasks on your calendar, what happens? Well, my time gets stolen and that stuff doesn't get done. Okay. 
and then it gets lost. So you don't get it done. Yes. So it then just gets lost. Whereas yes. with a task, it keeps carrying over day yeah, after yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So I know that it's still outstanding and it has to be done. Yeah. One thing I found can be quite useful is, although I agree with you, I wouldn't put tasks on a calendar in advance. Um, sometimes on the day, if I've got five tasks that need to be done that day, I'll, in Outlook, I'll drag them up from the tasks onto the calendar. So on the day... I didn't day, even know you could do that. Yeah, yeah. So you could, if you've got... I have the task down the bottom. Yeah, me too. So you can literally physically drag them onto your calendar. So if you've got like two hours blocked off to say, right, I've got to get done... I don't know if we can say it up. I, I feel like I need out. to stop recording and go and try. I'll show you. Um, <laughs> then on the day itself, if I've got four tasks that need to be done yeah. and my plan is to get them all done by 11 o'clock, I might drag them up onto my calendar so I can visually see, right, do that one first, do that one first. I don't know why it makes a difference because they're already there on the tasks. What happens if you don't get them done? They stay in your tasks. Oh, okay, so they're just duplicated in your yeah. calendar. But the reason that they're appearing at the moment on that particular day in my task is that means that day is the due date for them. Yeah, which is what I do. Yeah. I set that as a, yeah. so they so they just then they just become overdue if you don't complete wow. them. So that's cool. Um, the other thing also that I've mentioned that I find quite useful is to put. Um, I have a repeating template. So for each day, I know that there's stuff I'm going to have to do while I'm going to refocus. There's stuff I'm going to have to do which is just like quick tick box stuff. Um, there's stuff that's personal, there's stuff that's work. So I block off uh, like a template, certain blocks of time. So the first hour of my day between half six and seven, that's planning time. So I sit down for half an hour and I look at my day and what have I got on and uh, just trying to think ahead about the day. So at that point in time, my head is in planning mode. Mm. Um, I then put in travel time between seven and nine. Mm. Um, so I know I'm in the car. And then from nine till 11, that's what I call my frog time. So that's my eating the frog. Mm. That's the doing the job that I didn't want to do. See, I wouldn't. That wouldn't necessarily work for me and how I like to work because yes. I know that I'd see that come up and I'd just ignore it. Right. Okay. But I I appreciate that because you're a lot more regimented than me. That that actually is probably really good for you. I try to be. Yeah, um, we've also got focused. this, which is our home planner. It's not a home planner. Are you not going to say what it's really called? No, I'm not going to say what it's called because <laughs> that's embarrassing. <laughs> so just for the benefit of people, I might print a copy of this in the show notes so people could see it. But change What's, the title. But I'll change the title, yeah. yeah. What What is this bit of paper here? I think we've talked about this before. Have we? I think, so. I think we have in another podcast. I'm pretty sure that we've spoken about how... We plan our lives at home as well as work. It's been months since I've done a podcast. I don't even yeah. know how to record We've definitely <laughs> talked about this before. So okay. we have a sheet of paper that we complete every weekend for yes. the coming weeks. Yes. Sometimes we do it for the imminent week, but at the moment we're both travelling quite a lot. So we're probably yeah. doing two or three weeks in advance. Yeah. It's very simple. It's where we both are for every day of the week. Something that... I need to think about is getting Charlie to school because mm. his school is not a walk away. It's mm. a car ride away. It's about what we're having for dinner, who's cooking dinner, who's at home during the evening and whether or not Charlie's got any chores that he has to do. Yeah. And the thing that I mentioned in this episode is so we've got three sections. We've got stuff that shouldn't be on your calendar, stuff that should be on your calendar and then good habits, good practices. 
And one of the good practices I'm highlighting, which I think we've learned, is not separating your work and your home calendar. Because yeah. actually, by doing that, you end up causing conflict. Um, yeah. So like where, for example, there's a day when I know you're away and I know that I'm not away, I'm home, and I've got to be home by a certain time, I know that on my work calendar, there needs to be a hard stop then to say, I can't do a meeting or anything past a certain point. Um, and whilst sometimes it goes wrong, sometimes it's not perfect, but what it does is it lets us see clearly with some intention, that's when the drop dead point is for that. That's the last the last time in the day we can do something for there. But the other thing that I think where this is really relevant in terms of linking it to work is that like I'm now when I'm not away I'm working at home three days a week so if you know what three days I'm working at home Mm. there are three days where you know you don't have to have that hard stop yes yes so you can plan your work stuff in conjunction with your home life so that you are getting your work commitments maintained yeah. whilst not impacting your home life. So yeah, I think that's, it's it's kind of two ways, isn't it, yeah. really? So that's useful. Okay, I'm going to put this piece of paper aside. What what other calendary things do you want to tell? We had two Hello. listeners. I think one of them switched off now. <laughs> so has anyone left? What's the, what's the final thing? Uh... Is there anything else that you want to talk about, about calendars? What's the biggest mistake you've made with calendars? Not using one. Not using one, yeah. Thinking it's all in your head and you can just sort it. and Yeah. And I mean, even in my last job, I guess because I didn't used to really go to meetings and things like that. So no. I used meetings to Meetings are great, aren't they? <laughs> I used to just write kind of to-do lists and not really use the functionality of Outlook and stuff. Whereas... I probably, that was a mistake, yeah. really, because things get missed, whereas going back to doing what I'm doing now and having more structure and using tasks and so on and linking yeah. that in my diary, that really works. And for those of our listeners listening in black and white, there are alternatives to Outlook. Yeah, um, they're not as good. No, I know. So, but even if some of our listeners, for example, would just, they'd rather use a pen and paper, at least having a um, a physical diary or calendar. Or file effects. A bit of paper. Yeah, remember file effects. Uh and also having your task as a separate thing. So yeah. not putting your task on your calendar comes back to where you started about not putting tasks on the yeah. day of the calendar, but use it as a separate system, yeah. whether that separate system is a bit of paper or whatever. I'm determined to end this week's episode with the word chicken. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to get the word chicken in yet, but the word chicken is going to be in there. What are, we, what are we having it's for like dinner food, tonight? food, bingo. No, no, not this bit. The actual episode, I'm going oh, to okay. with the word chicken. Um, but it, what are we having for dinner? Shall we have a look on our planner? Chicken. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> What's the date? Have you filled it in for this week? No, not yet. Ah, okay. We haven't done it yet. No, we haven't. Okay, then we have to go because we have to fill our planner in. Bye. And, you know, no, <laughs> no, normally you say something funny. I know, but I've got nothing funny. You're to much. Say. You're normally really, much funnier I'm than really this. I'm really struggling not to sneeze or sniff so that you don't tell me off. Sorry. I just did it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Bye. 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 So whilst we might be messing about with what content we're putting on our calendars, there was a time when people were messing about with the whole calendar itself. 
So they had to mess about with a Gregorian calendar to deal with leap years. Now, Aloysius, is it Aloysius? Aloysius? I don't know. Aloysius Lilius came up with an ingenious idea of adding a day in every year that's divisible by four to deal with this leap year thing. And it did almost solve the problem of the solar year, but the calendar is still off by 26 seconds. So since 1582, our calendar is actually now out by several hours. And they reckon that by the year 4909, it'll be one full day ahead of the solar year. Now, A, I can't even work out what that means, how a calendar can be a day ahead of a solar year. Um, and B, that's gonna be 4909, so that might be something for the future. But looking back, Europe had got used to the Gregorian calendar since the 16th century. But apparently, us English kicked up a stink when it got introduced in 1752. Imagine that, eh? So apparently it was introduced by an act of parliament which overnight advanced the date from the 2nd of September to the 14th of September. And Brits got the hump. And apparently there were riots because we wanted our 11 days back. And at the same time, Benjamin Franklin over in the US was apparently more relaxed. He's been quoted as saying, it is pleasant for an old man to be able to go to bed on September the 2nd and not have to get up until September the 14th. Gotta say, I'm probably with you, Ben. So we've looked at what should not be on the calendar and we've looked at what should be. We're now gonna tie this all up with some great calendar habits. These really useful supportive behaviors or ideas can really help you get the most from your calendar. So our first great habit is a weekly review and reflection. So once a week, it's just looking back at the calendar from last week, looking at the current week, so what's going on this week, what's happening this week that I need to think about. And then looking at next week. And I find that to be a really useful bit of time to just let my brain reflect on the stuff I've done, the people I've spent time with, and work out, oh yeah, I need to get back to that person, or oh, actually, I've got that thing next week, um, I need to think about so-and-so. So it's number one, a weekly review or reflection. The second good habit to get into is linking the work stuff and the home stuff. We found that if you do that by spending some time planning as a family, how that fits into what you've got at work, joining those two things up really makes a big difference actually. So uh, the second good habit that I recommend is linking up your work and your home calendars, taking some time once a week just to look across the two of them and make sure there's no conflicts um, and try and work out how these things can work together. The third good habit, as well as having a weekly review, is an end of day review or journal taking the five minutes at the end of the day just to look back and think about um, who do I owe a call to? What have I missed? What do I need to look at tomorrow? Um, what's tomorrow's frog? What could I have planned better? What works? What didn't work? That kind of stuff. So that's number three, an end of day review or journal. Number four, planning your calendar ahead. So this is taking the time to just 
look how far ahead you've planned your calendar. So if I sit down on a Friday and I've planned my calendar for the next four weeks, it's going to the end of that four weeks and then thinking, okay, what's going on for the next two weeks? So number four, taking the time to sit down and plan ahead. Number five, the last of our good habits. So we've covered saying no to other people, but number five is saying no to yourself. So not letting things fill up your time which could be better used to do something else. And that will help us to develop the discipline to move away from something that, you know, might be nice or easy. It might be cosy or comfortable, like maybe watching TV or scrolling through social media, but actually developing our discipline to move away from those things towards things that actually can make a difference in our lives. And why should we do that? Well, remember the people in Britain that in 1752 rioted because they lost 11 days. But can you remember what we said at the opening? If you spend 30 minutes a day of your personal time, five days a week, over a year, that gets you nearly 11, 12 hour days to do important stuff in. Doing something with intention, doing development or getting better at stuff or, or anything that's important, 30 minutes a day for five days a week, over the year, that's the equivalent of 11, 12-hour days in that year, doing that important stuff. Tony Robbins said that it's not knowing what to do, it's doing what you know. Some of these ideas will only work for me, and they won't work for you. But other ideas, they might help you unlock some really great potential. So, have a go. And let me know, I'd love to hear how this stuff's helped and how you've adapted these ideas to work for you. So now here's this week's takeaways on using your calendar even better. Takeaway number one. Avoid having these unhelpful things on your calendar. Meetings that add zero value. Back-to-back -back appointments with no space. Checklists, notes, reminders for minuscule tasks, and other people's priorities. Number two, here's some helpful things you could have on your calendar. Tomorrow's frog, that knotty job, first thing, get it out of the way. Meetings with yourself for planning, reflection, preparation, and review. Free time, including personal stuff, family stuff, build in some fun breaks. Even if that's just 20 minutes in the middle of the day to get out in the sun, have a walk, recharge or have something to eat. Categories. Work out when you're better off doing your focused work, your quick jobs, your reviews and then plan those areas of your day in as a template. Where you are. Planning ahead by three to four weeks if you can helps you move the tasks to a location and not the other way around. Travel time. If it's more than a couple of minutes, plan it in. Date and time-specific appointments. These should be the only tasks that you put on your calendar in advance. Developing yourself. Plan in some time to help you get better at something. Who knows, you could even start a podcast. And finally, here are the five habits that I found really helpful to maintain a calendar that works for you and not against you. A weekly review, checking in and making sure that this machine is doing what it should do by reviewing last week, this week and next week. 
Linking work and home calendars. An end of day review. It's a powerful one this, and it's a nice way to put a hard stop to the end of the day too. Planning ahead. Try to get three or four weeks ahead if you can. And saying no to yourself. A great way to do this is to take one thing a week off your calendar and replace it with something more helpful. As we said, if you can plan in 30 minutes a day with intention, that's the equivalent of nearly 11 12-hour days a year where you're doing something important, helpful, powerful or useful. That's got to be good, hasn't it? So that's it. I've got to go now because according to my calendar, I've used up all my planned time for my podcast and it's time for me to move on to the next thing, which clearly, as you know, will involve chicken. All the links, resource and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do and... I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe, or go and listen to the archive episodes. I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Bye-bye. Chicken. <laughs> Hang on. What's the date?